Today on Graceful Truth, Pastor Steve Converse continues with our series simply entitled Wisdom for Living, a look at Proverbs and the reason why we have the Proverbs to begin with. Have you ever had a camera that's out of focus? Or have you ever had a, my glasses that I wear once in a while, they have a chip on the bottom, I just dropped them and they, part of it chipped off. But when I look now through it, it's, it's kind of blurry. Not that I'm looking through the chip, but it's just, it's just not focused. My eye wants to focus on the chip and it just makes my vision very blurry. Well, wisdom wants to develop our focus when it comes to God's Word. Seeing life from His point of view, not ours. From Grace Bible Fellowship in Redwood City, welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. You know, we all long for wisdom. We all look for it, and we all hope that we have some semblance of it. But there is a sense of worldly wisdom, as Paul says in Corinthians, and godly wisdom. And so today, and throughout the rest of our few times together here on Graceful Truth, we'll be looking at that godly wisdom. And it's all provided for us here in the book of Proverbs. Please join us today as we continue with our series simply entitled, Wisdom for Living. It's our introductory look at this series, so please join us for an encouraging look at what wisdom is, where to get it, and how to maintain it. Here now is, once again, Pastor Steve Converse with this edition of Graceful Truth. Uh, wisdom will prolong your life. The Bible clearly says that in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years. And it makes practical sense. Would it be wise to go out and play in the middle of uh, 680? Probably wouldn't be a, the wisest thing to do, to go play tag with the cars as they're speeding by. I mean, you're not going to live very long, okay? So, in a way, when you apply wisdom to your life, it, it will prolong your life. In chapter 3, verse 8, it says, This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Verse 16, same chapter, says, Long life is in her right hand. Her refers to wisdom in the book of Proverbs, just so you know that. And even in chapter 9, verse 11, it says, For through me your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. You know, some, some people say, well, how many years are you talking about here? <laughs> how many years are going to be added to my life if I live a wise life? Uh, well, I mean, one simple answer is they've done studies that if people who live a less stressful life live longer, that's just a matter of fact. It reduces stress when you apply wisdom to your life. It probably lowers your blood pressure. So it, how many years? I don't know, but it definitely does. Also offers you peace. In 317, it says, Her ways, wisdom, are pleasant, and all her paths are peaceful. When you lie down, in verse 24 of chapter 3, it says, You will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. So it gives you a kind of a peace in life when you have the wisdom of God applied. Also, prosperity, believe it or not, in verse... 2 of chapter 3, it says, Wisdom will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Verse 16, Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. I mean, Proverbs says a lot about the connection between wisdom and wealth. You know, a lot of wealthy people aren't just wealthy because they're wealthy. They're wealthy because they have some wisdom. They have some ability to maintain their riches. Also, it gives you a poise. Have you ever seen someone who's kind of uncomfortable in a certain situation and, and you know, you, you just feel bad for them. <clears throat> well, we're not talking 
hear about a arrogance or whatever, that you're in control all the time. But in chapter 3, verses 26 and 27, it says, Have no fear of sudden disaster, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your feet from being snared. What a great verse to apply when you're in a situation. Boy, I don't know what to do. Well, you know what? It says very clearly there, you know what? Don't be fearful. Just trust in God. He'll, he'll get you through it. And then seventhly, protection, wisdom keeps you safe. Chapter 4, verse 6 says, For do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you, love her, and she will watch over you. Precision is another thing. Wisdom gives you the ability to take the right number of steps, not just in the right direction, but at the right pace. In verse 12 of chapter 4, it says, When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. It's kind of an important thing in life to not be stumbling all over the place. The ninth thing I see here is in verse chapter 8, verse 12, it says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. I think if it wasn't for Dana Carvey and President Bush, the word prudent probably wouldn't even have been around today. Remember that little thing? Yeah, we're not going to do that. Wouldn't be prudent, you know, that thing. I mean, it, it's, but that's what that means. It's prudence. The word prudent, you know, appears more than a dozen times in the book of Proverbs. It means cautious. It means applying discretion to a situation. It, it simply means having some good sense about a situation. And wisdom will help you exercise caution when you need to exercise caution. And it gives you a sense to hold back when you, when you need to hold back. I possess knowledge and discretion, it says, when wisdom dwell together with prudence in 8.12. And then the last one, wisdom pays. It says in chapter 9, verse 12, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Your wisdom will reward you. Now think about it. Peace, confidence, a longer life, prosperity, understanding, a good sense, sense of direction, a sense of protection. And on top of that, it, you, you have everything when you have wisdom. It rewards you even besides those things. Wisdom is definitely needed and it's definitely worth having. So hopefully, you're ready to say, you know what, yeah, I... This is, this is going to be fun. I, I want to see what God's wisdom will do for me these next six weeks. Um, but how do we get started? One question. Turn over to chapter 9, verse 12 in the book of Proverbs. We see wisdom's needed. We know what it is. We know it comes from God. But how, how do we get started in this? Well, you start on the path to wisdom by putting God first. It says there, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. I mean, that's wisdom at its most basic level. If you don't have a proper respect, a proper fear for God, you're not going to have wisdom. You're just not. Because he is the source of wisdom. The wisest thing you'll ever do is basically to place God at the proper place in your life. Put God first. Specifically, allow Christ to be the Lord of your life. That's what he desires. And that's where the path to wisdom begins. If we're not there, if we don't cross, start at that point, then we're all going to be off on, on different paths. So wisdom starts with putting Christ first in your life, putting God first in your life. And once you do that, then you're, then you're on the right foundation and you, we can go from there.
And I think that that's just important to, to state that. Well, let's look at Proverbs chapter 1. And we'll just see, in way of introductory this morning, where we can go with first couple verses here. We're not going to go through this verse by verse, so don't panic. But it says there in verse 1, it says, chapter 1, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. The text gives it to us that way. Uh, the statement narrows our attention to the author who is Solomon, King Solomon, who was third, basically, in the, the, the great king of Israel during the period known as when they had the kingdom united. They had a kingdom divided. Well, this was during the united kingdom period. And the word proverb there basically means to represent something in place of many words. It has the idea of comparison or similarity. It's filled with wise saying, the book of Proverbs is, short little pithy sayings that are, that are very practical to life. It's basically a book of godly advice. And as you look through the book of Proverbs, you're going to see that it's not necessarily a book you just kind of read through. I mean, you can do that. But almost every sentence, almost every verse is, is kind of a nugget of truth. And so the contents of the book are just loaded down with these little capsules of truth, you might say. And they have helpful sayings on every page that provide benefits to us. But these little sayings are, a lot of times they're made in, in what they call couplets. The first one, basically, just the way the grammar works in this, is called a contrastive couplet. And it, it's always linked, these little sayings are linked by the key, key term, but, B-U-T. They're comprised of two parts different from one another. An example is if you look at Proverbs 13.1. It says, a wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Okay, that's contrastive couplet. That's, that's the way it works. 13.18 says, Poverty and shame will come to him who neglects discipline. But, see it once again, he who regards reproof will be honored. That's one form of the comparison here that he uses. Another one, the second one, is uh, uh, complete of couplets. Complete of couplets. And it's, it's basically using the terms are and or so. And so there's an example there in 14.10. The heart knows its own bitterness and a stranger does not share its joy. Another example is in 16.3. It says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. All right. So these are kind of, they, they, they complete the whole, the whole idea. And then the, the last one is comparative couplet. And they use the terms better than or like so. Um, we're we're going to see a lot of those. In, in verse uh, 15, 16, it says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. Or in 25, 24, it says, It's better to live in the corner of a roof than in the house shared with a contentious woman. 25, 25 says, Like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. So you, you see how grammatically the book is put together. So it's not a book that you necessarily just sit down and, and just kind of, you know, read through chapter after chapter after chapter because you're probably going to be overwhelmed with the truth that you find. And it's going to be hard to do it that way. So usually, you know, if you take one chapter a day or something like that, you can kind of glean certain things from each chapter. But it deals mostly with the horizontal plane, what we deal with when we deal with each other. 
Jay Adams one time, he wrote out a, a diagram, and he has these diagrams, and it's basically man's four most common approaches to problem solving. And Jay Adams is a Christian psychologist, and he said the first one is the person skirts the problem as if it doesn't exist. Just ignores the problem. That's how they deal with it. Secondly, the person glances off the real problem and manufactures a less painful substitute problem. In other words, you got this problem, rather than deal with that, they're going to kind of run into it and then they bounce over here and they change the subject and they're, and they're off on another problem. They're not dealing with the, the original problem. Thirdly, he says the person comes up to the problem and then he just turns around and runs. <laughs> you ever been to those kind of problems? I have. You know, the problem just looks too big and it's just like, man, you just turn around and run. And the last way a person deals with a problem is he pushes his way through the problem until a solution is reached. Well, that's what the book of Proverbs helps us do. The book of Proverbs is going to help us. It's going to provide the counsel we need, the information we need, to make our way straight through problems in life if we heed the wisdom that it gives. It props up our courage. It puts us before the goal. It keeps in our minds the way of life. Proverbs 6.23 says. So it's kind of an important thing to realize that we're going to be dealing with problems as we go through the book of Proverbs, but they're going to be real life problems in our life. How, who, who we get counsel from. What's our heart like? How do we deal with the workplace? How do we deal with our spouse? Different relational things are going to come up. Well, the purpose of the book we see in verses 2 to 6 of Proverbs chapter 1. And he says there simply, to know wisdom and instruction. First purpose is to give reverence and obedience to the heart. The term wisdom conveys the thought of bringing God into proper focus. Have you ever had a camera that's out of focus? Or have you ever had a, my glasses that I wear once in a while, they have a chip on the bottom. I just dropped them and they, part of it chipped off. But when I look now through it, it's, it's kind of blurry. Not that I'm looking through the chip, but it's just, it's just not focused. My eye wants to focus on the chip and it just makes my vision very blurry. Well, wisdom wants to develop our focus when it comes to God's word. Seeing life from his point of view, not ours. And the wisdom will develop that fear of the Lord, not a sense of you know, terror, we're not talking about cowering in the presence of the Lord, but a reverence for God and a respect. That's why it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so the way of Proverbs, the man is given, through the, the book of Proverbs, is given steps which lead to an obedient life. We're going to see different areas that we have to line our lives up with the wisdom that we receive. So the first point there is to give reverence and obedience to the heart. The second one is to provide discernment to the eye. Look at what it says uh, following there in verse 2. It says not only to know wisdom and instruction, but also to perceive the words of understanding. All right, That word discern there has the idea of separating and distinguishing things. Discerning the difference. You know, that's what... It does. It provides discernment. Wisdom provides discernment to the eye so that we can separate and that we can distinguish certain things. Uh, it's associated with the thought of going into something for the purpose of distinguishing truth from error, pulling the, the truth out of a massive error. 1 Kings 3.9 makes mention of that. So it, it gives discernment to the eye. The third thing is that it helps us develop alertness in our walk. And that's what he says there in verse 3. To receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. The term receives is a word that suggests action or mobility, you might say. It has the idea that you're, you're, you're moving. Um, 
It's a term associating with plucking grapes and taking them with you as you walk through the field. In this instance, it's talking about instruction, that is to be picked off the vine of God's divine wisdom and, and taken with you. You don't want to just take the wisdom, look at it, and go, wow, that looks great, and, and drop it on the ground. You want to apply it to your life. So it allows you that alertness in life to understand when you're walking through life, God has provided certain things for you to, to learn from. And Solomon's suggestion here is that when one is moving into a, especially a godless environment, you better remain alert. You better remain free from the corruption. And you can do that if you pick up this instruction as we go through the book of Proverbs. Uh, also, in, in verse 4, it says to establish discretion and purpose in life. It says to give prudence, there's that word again, to the naive, to the youth, knowledge and discretion. Two kinds of people are identified here. The naive, those who are simple. Those who are just kind of open about things. They're easily deceived. They're enticed. And then the young are those who are kind of between birth and married, married, marriage age. Children, adolescents, young adults, you might say. And Solomon is saying that his Proverbs can provide prudence for these folks. Literally, the ability to get down to the bare facts and issues, to be crafty, to be sharp, to be shrewd, to, to make sure you're making the proper decisions and discretions in life. And, you know, when you're naive, sometimes you make stupid decisions, right? I mean, you just don't know any better. I remember when I was in college, I we used to go down and, get yogurt at this place called the Yogurt Mill in El Cajon. It was the first year I had my car, and I'm driving down, I forget the main street there, but um, coming back to the college with my yogurt and by myself and see this lady hitchhiking, and, and I thought, yeah, she shouldn't be hitchhiking. That's not probably not a good area to be hitchhiking. You know? So I go around the block and stop, and where are you going? Well, guess what she was. I mean, she, she was not just hitchhiking, okay? And, um, but I didn't, I didn't even know that. I mean, she got in my car. She's like, where are you going? I said, well, where are you going? I'll give you a ride. Where are you going to go? You know, I said, I'm going to the college. She goes, what college? I go to the Christian college up there. She goes, oh, you go to the Christian college? I go, yeah. She goes, oh, you can drop me off the next block. I said, all right. And that was it, okay? <laughs> so weirdest thing, the next day I'm driving down there with my buddy, and we're coming back from the yoga mat. Oh, they said girl again. It's like, what girl? What are you talking, you know? And he's a year older than me or whatever. And um, I said, why well, gave her a ride? He goes, you gave her a ride? And I'm like, well, yeah, she needed a ride. And I think she's kind of stupid out there hitchhiking by herself. You know, the sun's going. It's like, dude, she's, you know, she's a lady of the night. She's, you know, she walks. She's there every day. I'm like, you mean she's a prostitute? Yeah. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, but it totally just went over my head. And I still didn't even really believe the guy. The next day I went down, there she is again. I thought, okay, now I believe, you know. But it was just, it, I was naive. I didn't know. And so sometimes when we're naive, we just make Stupid decisions. That could land us in a lot of harm if God's direct hand was not <laughs> there, which it was. So, but that's, that's one thing that we need to, to be aware of is as we're younger, as we're naive, maybe even in our faith, sometimes we come to Christ and we're a brand new Christian, we're very naive. So if somebody else says they're a Christian, well, we just think, well, yeah, they're a Christian too. We don't know. We don't know any better. And so sometimes they may be teaching error or they may be, you know, in a cult or who knows what. Um, and we don't have the ability to discern. Well, wisdom gives us that ability. And so the re re recip recipient of Proverbs is helped to see between the lines. We, we're able to discern those things. We gain discretion in the purposes in life. And then the last thing there is to cult cultivate a keenness of mind. And we see that in verse 6. It says to understand a proverb 
and an enigma, the words of the wise and riddles. To understand a proverb. It gives us the ability to kind of be keen of mind. To understand what God's word is saying. Remember, Solomon is inspired. Every word in God's word is inspired by who? The Holy Spirit, right? And so Solomon believed that the student of his writings and the Proverbs would cultivate the ability to see into life, to grasp its significance and understand its different figures and enigmas, whatever might come up. And when you apply God's wisdom to your life, you have a definite advantage in the situation. How many times as a believer have you been in a situation where, you know, maybe it's an interview, maybe it's whatever, and something in your heart just says, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go that route with this person, or I'm not going to say this. Or, there's just a check in your spirit. And, and for whatever reason, maybe you turn down the job, or for whatever reason, you, you, you move on to another house to rent, or, or whatever it might be. And then in the end, it was like, wow, God. You know, you look back on that, and somehow God supernaturally spared you from a lot of pain and agony. And, and that's having the wisdom to hear the voice of God in your heart and your life. And the way he speaks to us is through his spirit, but through his word. And so as we go through the book of Proverbs, we're going to learn a lot of different things about the wisdom of God. And as we apply that to our lives, we're going to see, we're going to have a, a lot more keen sense about us. We're not just going to be some naive guy that's out there going, Ugh. and that's kind of a, an important point. Well, the goal of the whole book, basically, is in verses 7 to 9. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father. You're going to hear that phrase a lot. Your father, your father, your father. You're also going to hear the phrase your mother, okay? Over and over and over again. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains around your neck. And that's not a negative kind of chain that holds you down. And, and, and you know, it's not like you're a dog. That's not what it's saying. But it's, it's kind of like an a, a ornament or a, a wreath that was worn in a race and they're around your neck. It, it's showing they're constantly there. You're, you're seeing them. You're gaining wisdom and instruction from them. And so basically the goal of the book is to take the fear of God and the wisdom that we get from our fathers and our mothers and blend it all together and to put it around our necks so that we can, when we walk around uh, in life, that we constantly have that wisdom at our disposal. And that's kind of the goal will be the goal of our study. And so we can see over and over and over again when we, we look in the book of Proverbs, certain things will just kind of jump out. For example, look at verse 10. Very practical, very, very practical uh, advice here. He says, my son, remember, it's kind of a father talking to his son, if sinners entice you, in other words, if sinners say, hey, come on, let's go do this, and you know it's sin and you know it's wrong, if they entice you, what's he say? Do not consent. In other words, don't go there. And he follows up, verse 11, he says, If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. God wants us step by step, it says. He's going to show us how to walk. 
He's going to show us how to walk circumspectly. He's going to make sure that we, we do what's right in his eyes, not just in our own. And when we do that, we're going to be protected and we're going to reap all those benefits. So that's going to be in the weeks to come. So hopefully that gives you a little groundwork for the book of Proverbs. And like I said, I would encourage you to go home even this afternoon and start reading through the book of Proverbs. We're not going to go through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We're just going to go through it more topically just for six weeks. So we're not barely even going to scratch the surface. But I guarantee you that you'll gain a lot. It's an easy book to read. It's simple to apply to your life. And I know that you would just have a good time reading it. So um, I encourage you to do that. Well, it is our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal his grace to your hearts through the teaching of his word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. This is our phone number, 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. We've got a lot of resource materials available there, more information about who we are. And if you need a map to visit us at Grace Bible Church, that's there as well. Again, gracefultruth.org. And would you please drop us an email? Let us know you paid us a visit when you stop by. Again, gracefultruth.org. Or give us a call at 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. We thank you for joining us today and trust we'll see you again next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth. Graceful Truth.